Now, are we going to have to edit out your mustache, Andrew? No. Really? No. You'll let, our, you'll let the mustache stay. You know what, Jack? You smell good. Yeah! <laughs> oh, I thought it was you smell nice. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. Welcome back to the Wages of Cinema. I am Jack. I'm Itchy. <laughs> and over here I have Scratchy. No, uh, we have Matt with us once again. Matt Catania. Greetings. Greetings from Planet... Uh, Alright, cut the crap. We're going to talk about Justice League. We finally saw it. After the movie you... we've somehow been talking about for about... 20 years. <laughs> it feels like longer out. than that. Yeah, if you go back, uh, to uh, listeners, uh, actually one of our few things that's on YouTube, uh, when, back in the summer of last year, 2016, when Comic-Con happened, Andrew and I watched a whole series of Comic-Con trailers. This was the last movie left in that grouping yep. <laughs> that we had left to watch that we riffed originally. Justice League. Yes. And we saw it. We're going to talk about it. Yes, we are. Um, I was... All right, let's start off with our initial thoughts on it, I guess. Uh, I was more entertained than I expected, but this is also a bit of a glorious mess. This is a good movie. Okay, you're going for the full good. It's a good movie. It's a good movie, not a great movie. Yeah, I, I have, again, I have more positive feelings than negative ones. It, it's... But... It's kind of... I, I don't know if I'm feeling generous, but it, it kind of feels like Justice League had to prove itself to me. Is it also the fact that you can't help but grade it on a curve? No. I, I'm pretty brutal about that. When, when I say grade on a curve, keep in mind, this is now the fifth movie in this kind of, so to speak, universe of DC Comics movies. That's true. And... For you, I know you didn't like any of the previous four movies. Uh, I liked one of them. Is that... And I know we've talked about that yeah. many times. I, I was... I did not very much like Wonder Woman. Uh, Batman vs. Superman was laughable. <laughs> Man of Steel was over-the-top serious. Somehow, being serious was crazy in that. Uh, so this one struck a better balance between all the things that a good superhero movie should do it didn't do it great no. but it was an entertaining it, film it struck a good balance in that this time it was actually coherent yes it was a coherent bringing together of superhero characters and other stuff like that um you look like you're about to say something Matt. I was going to say he forgot to mention Suicide Squad, which he found adequate, like I did. Oh, yeah. Suicide Squad. Adequate. I I originally found Suicide Squad... I keep Squad. forgetting Suicide Squad. It's the <laughs> redhead stepchild of the DC universe. Yeah. I've actually kind of come... I've actually realized I don't like Suicide Squad as much as I originally did. I rewatched a tiny bit of it on TV, actually, just the other night, and... Uh... I don't know. Right. But anyhow. anyway, with this movie, um, here's the interesting thing to me, and I guess we'll get into this more later. I can kind of tell that it was directed by two different people. I can tell kind of where they've done reshoots. I could tell where they've done reshoots, but more than that, I just, I can almost tell the distinctive style of the other guy. <laughs> That's not Zack Snyder. Yeah. If you know what I mean. Oh, um, man, I would... This could be a very different review if this was just a Zack Snyder film. Oh, God, yeah. Not because I dislike Zack Snyder. 
I don't mind Zack Snyder's quirks in terms of visual. visual I feel like they've gotten a little tired. Yeah. Uh, so and I and I'm not against him. I I, I really enjoy 300 as a film. Uh, as a story, except for certain parts. It's kind of a mixed bag. Anyway, but here's the point. I'm not tired of Zack Snyder. It's clear, though, on Batman vs. Superman, he did not do a good job. He made... <laughs> well, part of that you could chalk up to that it was that they cut out half an hour out of the movie, and maybe that made it more coherent. I've heard hey. some people say the extended cut is better-ish, but is still not good. Hey, so. Did you see it, Matt? I did not see the extended cut of BVS DOJ, but... <laughs> BVS colon DOJ. Sorry, Beavis Dodge. <laughs> Beavis Dodge sounds like the next Supreme Court nominee. Does it? <laughs> Anyhow, so, yeah, I didn't see the extended cut of that. I think I was gonna, and then I just said, nah, life's too short. Here, here's uh, what I would say about Justice League, though. It is more coherent. It's more streamlined. Scenes at least actually flow from one to the next. Yes. Uh, which Batman vs. Superman did not have. But at the same time, there were also chunks of this movie I was still kind of bored by. There's too much exposition in the first half. Too much exposition. And uh, we should explain before I get into saying why I liked or didn't like. What, what, what's this movie about? This movie is about... A bunch of boxes. <laughs> We're going to the box factory, Andrew. Basically, everybody's really sad that Superman's dead. Uh, and th- this box that... Sorry, my brain is... <laughs> well, uh, and, and they're, they're, called the, they're literally called the mother boxes. Yes, and there are these three boxes on Earth called the mother boxes. They're vibrating and cracking and stuff. And then an evil man named Steppenwolf, Steppenwolf comes down to get them. Like the band. And he's going to use them to destroy the Earth as we know it. Yeah, actually, so that's pretty much it. So the Justice League, with this effort spearheaded by Batman and Wonder Woman, have to get together to stop it. Yeah, and you know what? One thing I'll give the movie, at least, you can explain the, the, the movie in a couple of sentences. Yeah. Which is nice. I mean, you know, when you get into There's the... There's no super secret, let's frame Superman plot. <laughs> There's no, let's uh, let's try to import kryptonite through congressional uh, influence <laughs> subplot. There's no, uh, th- there's no jar of piss. Right. <laughs> this is a pretty straightforward movie compared to... Some of some other DC movies, and you know what that, recently. and that's perfectly fine. Um, and I'm I'm glad that it's they perfectly got perfectly fine to be straightforward. Yes, yes, it's perfectly fine to be straightforward. Um, it was. Here's what strikes me about this, though. It's it's again. I don't know how much of this ultimately is Zack Snyder's vision. It could be that you know again he had you know obviously we know that he stepped away because of real tragic personal issues because his daughter died, which is yeah. kind of terrible. Um, and But, again, it's just so bizarre that they bring in Joss Whedon behind the two Avengers movies, and you can so tell. Yeah. Every time... like, And it's not just in the writing. I could even tell in the direction because they were in the scenes that it felt like he was writing, and this was mostly in the second half, it took on an entirely different tone. And I'm not saying, again, that's not a bad thing at all. I'm actually, it feels more like they just, like, 
There, what it, am I trying to say? It, it becomes think, less. It's not as ambitious as I expected. If that's a, I know it sounds like a weird criticism. I almost it, there's a part of me that admires Batman versus Superman because of how, no pun intended, how batshit that is. <laughs> but <laughs> this Matt didn't have just that. visibly moved away from you. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't. I don't have another term oh, for like it. Batman Do you have Superman another term crazy. for lead away? Do you have another term for Batman v Superman aside from batshit? Maybe. Uh, really no. All right, uh, but uh, but the point I'm but making is I do is kind that... of understand. Yeah, there are significant, although not there are significant changes in tone depending upon what part of the movie you're in. Yeah, and it's kind of weird because it's a noticeable shift, but it's not like valleys of despair and peaks of euphoria. It's yeah. like these little hills and and gullies that ha- go throughout the film. Yeah, and I could also it, it's just. It seems very clear because Zack Snyder has such a distinct style. Whether right. you like it or not, and I'm, you know, again, I'm getting a little tired of it, but at least it's kind of like, oh, hey, here's Zack Snyder. He's about to do the slow-mo, oh, fast motion punch and whatever. and Watch a shell casing fall on the ground in slow motion, then the car speeds up. Yeah. Exactly. But it, it's, a, I'm not going to say it's jarring. It's just that it. Not what you expected? No, not quite. I uh, guess, because it, it, I it's guess. like because halfway through the movie, it really does become an Avengers movie that happens to have the Justice League characters. Even before the halfway through point, there is a really weird plot. There is a really weird, like, I don't want to say story arc, but there's this kind of weird episode in the middle of this film that really... <laughs> Goes in a very different direction. With, with we'll that, talk about with that with spoilers. Well, well, I won't. Say, well, here's what I would say. But this isn't exact. This will only be a spoiler if you know my reference I'm about to make. Even though this is the Joss Whedon of Avengers, this is also the Joss Whedon of Buffy season six. I haven't seen it. <laughs> And I'll just leave. Good. Thank you, Captain That's why we brought you here, guest star. (laughs) Yes. And Corey in the other room who didn't see the movie, she's giving me the thumbs up, and she knows what I'm talking about. Um, And again, I'll get more on that in sports. Um, So I guess we could talk about, though, with the characters. Um, I I generally like them. Uh, I I thought they did pretty well. Uh, Except there are a couple of exceptions, but generally speaking, I think that the Snyder and the writers and whoever else, they 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 decide to stick to, okay, let's know who these we're dealing with in this movie. Let's try to get these right this time. Everybody had their moments. Yes. I wouldn't say there's a single useless character in here, except for some characters who just don't pop up enough, even though they play significant parts in I know who you're talking about. Uh, but, you know, uh, Bruce Wayne, uh, Wonder Woman, like... Aquaman becomes a, a memorable part of this film. Yeah, he does. And it um and I thought at first like his shtick was gonna get kind of old where I'm like, I'm a big dude bro that loves to drink whiskey and I swim. It almost became that early on in the film when he grabs that bottle of whiskey and then you have the Zack Snyder shot of him chugging the bottle. Two white stripes icky thump, where I was just like, dude. That that was one of the moments that actually took me out of the movie. Yeah. Because I, I really was like you're just creating a trailer moment, and it's really distracting. And But I was happy because we had basically gone 
about a third of the way through the film, and that was the first moment. That was more like halfway through it, or even sooner. Eh, between a third and halfway through. Um, oh, yeah, 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 no, and, I know what And that again. was the first moment where I had to stop and be like, what? <laughs> and and I was like, well, that's an improvement over Batman yeah. versus Superman. <laughs> I, and that, I know eventually we can also talk about some other what moments, because oh, yeah. we, we exchanged some looks during the movie. Yep, it's We're not, not gonna... a DC movie until you and I exchange looks in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> Wonder Woman, Batman versus Superman. Oh, uh, Matt, you and I with Man of Steel. If we had <laughs> had this theater to ourselves, I think you and I would have had a collective what? You know, at a certain that's, point. That's the real tragedy. We have not seen a DC film for the first time in a movie theater by ourselves. We got to make it happen somehow. What's the next one coming up, Matt? Um, yeah. What is? Oh, Aquaman. Aquaman. Okay. Is it? I think really? so. Really? No. Oh, so the Batman isn't coming out till after Aquaman. Uh, yeah, not for a while until they figure out what the whole... Which is weird considering is. the last it end credit on, scene. It does, it, which we'll get to that later, It depends too. on how soon Ben Affleck can squirrel his way out of his contract. Yeah. <laughs> here, is a, here is a slight issue I had with character-wise. I and mean, we'll get to some other characters in a second. Um, I liked... Now, this isn't to say he isn't useful in the story... I didn't think the actor who played Cyborg was that good. He's a bit wooden to me. Now, maybe it's because in that grouping you need someone who's a little bit more of just like a, I am going to say things expositionally and plot-wise, but it's just like he felt like he had no personality whatsoever. He's kind of dark and brooding in a film where dark and brooding is supposed to be Batman's job. Oh, and I, I, I didn't know the actor's name. His name's Ray Fisher. I, yeah. I actually hadn't seen him in anything actually on on looking at looking him up he's not is this like his first movie um no beavis dodge was his first movie be wait what batman versus oh <laughs> you know oh, oh of course yeah justice. yeah well he popped up in that in that bit where they show every character in their powerpoint presentation right yeah um I think it's because everyone it might just be because everyone else has so much personality here that maybe his Maybe it's either, it could be a little bit in the writing, but I just, part of it was because I didn't know who he was, that character. Cyborg? Yeah. I don't know, is, is he in, he's in the cartoon? Man hasn't seen a s single episode of Teen Titans. <laughs> I, I guess not. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me ask you, Matt, then, because if you're familiar with this character, did they do him, uh... Justice? I, I didn't want to use that word, I already said batshit. Too late! All right. Did he do? Do they? Did they do him okay? Um. Well, he's more maudlin than he usually is. Mm. He's. Well, I mean, at least on the Teen Titans cartoon, he's a lot of fun generally. But there are aspects of darkness, and I think that there as like an origin story for him. They're leaning into him being dour, and I was worried about that watching the trailer because he looked like just like a big lump of sad, like well, Superman, kind of Batman, and everybody was in the last film. But then I saw, and I'm probably think going to attribute this to the director change that he actually did lighten up as the film went on and open up, I, and I see that he's going to be more of a, a less dour character going forward. So. I'm glad that they sort of had, like, some background in, like, yeah, if you return to a cyborg with alien crap, that's going to mess you up. But going forward, you can deal with that and become, like, a productive, not grumpy guy. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Well, I guess that's fair-ish. Uh, well, everybody got a little bit more life and character as the movie went on. But, I don't know, I think just compared to some of the other actors, I wish they had gotten someone, like, a little better. 
Like maybe even like a Michael Jor- B. Jordan, who I know is already in Black Panther. So he, he was says, already taken. Yeah, he was. Um, but um, I wouldn't say he was bad. No, I, I, I thought he was wooden. He was one of the parts of the movie that, frankly, kind of when when he. Even with Joe Morton there, too. And uh, that, I wonder if that was intentional connection to Terminator. Do you remember him in that? Terminator? Yeah. Terminator 2, I should say. Oh. He is uh, Dyson. Oh, yeah. That was the same guy. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I wonder if that was Snyder and company doing, like, a nod to that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Either that or they're big Eureka fans. No, I think it's Terminator 2. Well, no, I think one he both. <laughs> no one. Nobody watches Eureka. No one present company excluded is a big fan of Eureka. <laughs> People, if you are a fan of Eureka, make sure to send your email to wages of cinema at Gmail. Um, no, um, I flat. told you no one's a big fan of Eureka. <laughs> What, I, what's I, Matt gonna do? Email us about the podcast he's on. Maybe he'll, I will. Andrew. He'll email Maybe us. I will. He'll, he'll find a pseudonym and email us. And uh, uh, so, uh, dear I'll... Andrew, not that I know you or anything, but I, um, I, I would say that your right. compliments, your comments about Eureka were quite glib and intense. Yeah. Um, it would have hurt my feelings had I been there. Yeah, uh, but, but anyway, Justice yeah, League. anyway, Justice League. Back to that. We'll do a Eureka podcast. I, Never. I, um, I, I think in comparison to the other characters, uh, Cyborg doesn't really have as he doesn't stand out as. Well, much. he also has the look of him. He's a bit, you know, he, he's basically half metal. He's clunky, and you know, it's just maybe, again part like again part of Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Maybe part of it's just because the actor decided to make a choice that I want to not deliver this dialogue to, like, because there are already other people like the Flash and Aquaman who are trying to be more comedic. I'll try to be more just straightforward, but I don't know. A- again, at a certain point, yeah, he then become he got a little better as it went yeah. on. That's just, again, that's just a... That's my, my take on it. He can't be the loud comedic one, though, because the comedy is taken by The Flash. Yeah. Ezra um, Miller? Yes, that's Yes, it's Ezra Miller, uh, who I plays Barry Allen. Right. I have a uh, I have a small comic booky question to ask you, Matt. What? Uh, it's, it's okay. Oh. We're, we're still going. Phew. It's fine. Sorry. Uh, my my computer did something. Um, so, because I, I watched the show, I've watched The Flash, too. I'm not completely, the TV show, I should say. Um... Is this, though, kind of trying to be more like the Wally West Flash than Barry Allen? I mean, all the Flashes since um, the um, <coughs> have been more like... Basically, they've taken everything that works about Wally West and stuck it onto Barry Allen. Is mm. kind of how this goes with legacy heroes coming back. They have a replacement who surpasses them. And then, you know, the powers that be, like, Jeff Jones is like, Oh, well, I want Barry Allen back. But then, you know, since Barry Allen was not as like, well-fleshed out a character as Wally West. They just hmm. sort of take his attributes that worked and graft them on t- to him. Yeah. Well, I guess I asked because I wondered if... Uh, was that anything that bothered you watching it? No, it didn't really bother me. I mean, I guess I do like Wally West, and I wish that they would give him, like, a better do. But um, I do really like a funny Flash. I much prefer him to a boring Flash. And I sure. think Ezra Miller really worked in the, the comic relief role. He and did. The I tru- like him a lot. The tr- he, he works very well as comic relief. The trouble is, is that most of the scenes, which are you can tell are reshoots, are reshoots involving him. 
Well, well, also and you it's... can tell when he's kind of been stuck in to give a, a comedic line to lighten up the scene. I, I think I know what you sh- you're saying. Well, it's also that I the brunch line. He said yeah. he tells a joke. He says something about brunch, and I feel quite confidently. They stuck that in. They, they the did end. that. That's it was also there, there was that line. There was also the line about pet cemetery. Well, that was a good joke, actually. Considering <laughs> me. Um, well, it's funny though because they, the we, in the very first trailer that we looked at, you know, way back at Comic Con, um, that that scene remained intact. So I wonder. I think that they were already leaning towards doing like a comedic flash anyway. Well, yes. I just wonder if maybe originally because that actually is one of the weaker comedic scenes with him yes. when Bruce Wayne and Flash meet. Like, and I wonder if maybe the idea was that well, you know, like personal issues aside, let's try to actually make if we are going to have a comedic relief Flash, let's give him some funny lines, and eventually they do. I think that early on it felt a little more hit and miss, like they were trying a little too hard to make him funny. Like it's that kind of thing where he is funny. There, there are lines in his attitude and performance are spot on. Some of the lines could have been better. After like the halfway point, it seemed to click a little bit more. There was there are scenes with him in it that are are well done. Like this, there's a scene between him and Cyborg in the middle of the film. Yeah, which is which is pretty well, which is pretty good. Hmm. It's just when you have these other scenes, there are moments where he says something funny where it just seems like it's stuck on there. Where, like, all, like Commissioner Gordon turns around and everybody's gone except the Flash. And then he says, like, oh, that's rude. And then jumps off. I would, that, that, might have been, that might have been funnier if I hadn't seen it in the trailer. Maybe. But like, if, there are a number of moments like that, possibly. Like, if I came in this totally fresh, maybe I'd feel a little differently. There are some things that... I, I will say that this is a movie that does feature that all the stuff in the trailer. Yes, well, which is a little bit to its detriment in the sense that this movie's been advertised to hell. So, you know, there are some things I was surprised by and some things not. But um, one thing it has over Beavis Dodge um, is that it actually feels like it embraces being a comic book movie. Like, not that Beavis Dodge wasn't full of wacky comic book shenanigans, but it was just like so maudlin and full of itself that like bent over backwards to try and make him seem very serious. Yeah. Whereas in this movie, you have fourth world guys showing up and attacking and they just roll with it all the crazy and nobody like stops and makes like jokes about like, oh, isn't it silly how he's named like the Herman Hesse book or anything like that? They're just like, go like, yeah. No one made a magic carpet ride joke. Yeah, exactly. Right. But I'm, just... Well, I'm glad they didn't do that. That would have been... Stupid. Yeah. <laughs> but it feels like, you know, how the, I think the problem with the earlier DC movies was that they were trying to distance themselves from being comic movies right. and be like, we're very pretentious, serious business movies. Well, I and mean, miss the appeal of going to a big comic book spectacle. And I think well, this is sort of goes with it. Well, well, are, it's, well, it's not that... Well, you can have a serious comic book movie. It's just that you also... You got to try to get the characters right. And in the past movies... They didn't get Superman right, and even as much as I like Ben Affleck and Beavis Dodge, they didn't get Batman right. In this, it felt like they got closer to what those characters should be, and so that kind of helps it not suck so much. True. But there are so many great moments in this film. I gotta say, yes, there are great moments in this film. It, early on, there's a there's a fight with Wonder Woman in, in London. That was fun. 
That was a fantastic... At the end of that scene, I was like, yes, I'm in! <laughs> the thing that really caught me, this is not a spoiler because it's in the exposition, Wonder Woman is telling the story of the first time Steppenwolf came to Earth, and it's like, and the Amazons allied themselves with the Atlanteans and all the tri- and all the tribes mm. of men, and they fought a giant battle at like, and the gods were there, and Green Lanterns uh, see, were there, see, actually, and it was the most awesome thing I had seen uh, in the movie. See, I, I and I was like, I want to, I want to watch that movie. <laughs> I, this, that's, that's what I want to see, <laughs> and it was such a great moment. It lasted like thirty seconds, maybe. But that got me really pumped, and I was hoping, like, I know this isn't the movie, but I wish I could see more. <laughs> I, I think the ex- that You mean that exposition part, where that, they also show the flashback? Yes. I I didn't care for the exposition part I of it. I loved or, that. That was... I th- it felt... You was, know what it was? That scene was made for here, me. Here's... <laughs> well, good for you. Um, Great for me. It, 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 here's my problem with it. When she's doing the exposition, it's in the bit where she's... Because she's talking with Bruce, and she's kind of explaining to him... She's explaining the, the origin audience. of the mother of Yeah, but the, here's my problem with it. She has a different tone. Like, you could tell that when they cut to this other footage, she's suddenly in a recording booth. Like, Gal Gadot is in a recording booth doing this exposition. It doesn't sound, like, that natural in the rest of the scene. That's my... I, I just didn't... Did you not see the giant armies of Green Lanterns and Greek gods fighting against these demons? I, I did like seeing the Green Lantern. That was funny. Here's... You know what it you is, too? You to like, oh, sounded like it was in a recording studio. <laughs> what? <laughs> <All right. laughs> no, it, the, her tone of voice, like, felt a little split between I'll, I'll that, that conversation. That if, it sounds, if it sounds like she was just standing there, then, okay, fine, that's a legitimate complaint. Yeah, that's, what, that that's is, what I'm meaning to say. That is like an eighth of the component of that scene. But also, but the other part of it is that... Let's stop the, the podcast to talk about the flashback scene. That's what Andrew's no, doing. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I will say that that flashback, obviously, it's not as... It's certainly... it's Well, it's better than any of the times they had flashbacky stuff in... It's DBS. official. This is the DC's best flashback ever. Yes. Or, or dreamy. Swain's fl- parents being yes. killed. Uh, all right. All right. Here's the <laughs> okay, other part. All right. Here's the other part of it. I didn't. The CGI also needed to carry that sequence. And for the most part in this movie, I thought the CGI wasn't very good. Okay. That's just a, a personal thing. Like, it just looked. Especially in, like, the, the third act and the big final battle. Uh, and again, I won't talk about what happens there, but it just, it, it might be also because the villain looked pretty crappy to me too. I, I don't mind how he looked. I kind of mind the fact that he had very little personality. Oh my God, he sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to flat out say it. I think this villain is terrible. He yeah. has no personality. That's part That's part of why I said I was bored. Because that's what sets apart this movie from the Avengers. The Avengers had a very appealing, kin- you know, kinetic villain with Loki. Even even to an extent, Ultron in Age of Ultron. In this, I felt no threat from him. Luckily, they got most of the stuff with putting the team together and that whole part of the story fine. But when it came to Steppenwolf, I just, I was just kind of like, okay, this is happening now. Okay, there there are lots of beams coming down. They're they're sucking up boxes. They're they're doing this. They're doing that. He he's having lots of grimace. And maybe you know what? Maybe in a cartoon, I might have been a little more forgiving of that. 
because this had a little bit of a feel like I was watching like a multi-part like Justice League Unlimited cartoon or something. So, no, uh, you look like you're about to say something. I said, no, nobody thinks a Steppenwolf is a good villain ever. And I didn't even know who he was before seeing this. He's Darkseid's uncle. I I oh. saw him. He was in this, briefly in the Superman animated series. Yes. Oh, he was. Yeah, you and I know what we're talking mm-hmm. about. And is he actually? Because I I I I'd read some fourth world Jack Kirby comic books. Is he connected with that? He's Darkseid's uncle. Oh, sh- literally. <laughs> yeah. I should reread those. I love the fourth world. Even uh, if you do, though, you're not going to fu- be rewarded with Steppenwolf as a companion. <laughs> <laughs> Matt just told you that. Fair. Maybe that's why I didn't remember him, because he wasn't compelling in the comics either. Cool name, I mean, his basically... Yeah, of course he has a cool name, but he has that problem of the... Like, the the Malekith and uh, Thor and, uh, to extent, Lee Pace and Guardians, where it's just, here's this guy who looks vaguely human, but is an alien, and he's gonna want to take over for power and blah, blah, blah. The plan itself isn't that great either. It's just, you know... I, I find the magical doomsday item, and then I use it to destroy the world. He doesn't actually want to destroy the world. He just wants to turn it into, like, a new apocalypse. He wants to get... He wants to turn all humans into his, like, unwitting slaves. Parademons? <laughs> so to speak, yeah. He, but, yeah, it, but that. it's still, like, he's going to destroy the world as we know it. I guess, Using yeah. this magical, awesome device. Right. But, yeah, so basically Steppenwolf is boring because he looks too much like Ares from the last movie. Yes. He's also got, like, the horns from, like Loki has, but, like, <laughs> you know, none of Loki's charm. His big selling point is he has an axe because, like, you know, that's his only redeeming quality, and Zack Snyder loves axes. And so... <laughs> <laughs> it's also like really a problem is, is um narrative wise is that we already saw Wonder Woman single handedly defeat Ares the god of war. Yes. And this guy is no Ares. There's no threat. So I don't know why the hell you need an entire Justice League to beat one Steppenwolf when you just need one Wonder Woman. As 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 much as I get down on Wonder Woman, Ares had more p- personality in that film than Steppenwolf has in this. I would yeah. I I definitely think that's the he case had a too. mustache. <laughs> Damn right, he had a mustache. <laughs> well, you also it helped that again that 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 was David Thewlis, who was also a pretty you know interesting actor. This was this Kieran Hines. It was Kieran Hines. Kieran Hines, excuse yes. me. I couldn't have told. This is the first. Uh, this is also another case like uh, X Men Apocalypse, where our villain is played by a very talented actor. Who, damn, if you can fucking tell who it is. Yeah, basically. Um, <laughs> kind of a waste of a really. I like Kieran Hines a lot. Hey, yeah. man, got a paycheck. Yeah. No, G- sure. Guys, I, I, don't, I don't doubt that. I just wish that the filmmakers had done more with him. It's That's like it's like casting is. Orson Welles as Unicron. But at least Does there, Unicron. Feel bad about it? At least Unicron is kind of an interesting character. Uh, that's a whole other what? character. I like the whole <laughs> no, Unicron no, no. story. Stop what you're about to say. <laughs> <laughs> and think about what you're trying to say. He's that a planet Unicron. that eats. He's a planet that eats planets. He's awesome. Yeah, that's basically on par with saying I have an axe. <laughs> <laughs> you're saying right now that Unicron. Uh, in the Transformers the movie movie uh, is a compelling villain because he's a giant planet. That's that's what makes him compelling. He's like if Galactus and Mogo had a baby. Okay. I don't know Mogo is. He's the Green Lantern planet. Oh, okay. Duh. Alright, well, pfft. duh, yeah, exactly. This guy. Alright, um, 
right, here's why. Okay, so here's why I'd say about this movie. If you were concerned in past films about, you know, how uh, the Warner Brothers and all these film, the, the people making these movies were treating these characters, they do a much better job of doing what they had to do with these main characters. Can I just cut? It's not a spoiler. It also Superman. They also do a good job with him, too. Gasp! Superman's in this movie? Oh my god! Bruce Wayne is Batman? What? <laughs> Uh, yeah, it, it's not a spoiler because Henry Cavill has been doing a shitload of press for this movie. Yeah, and he's much more charming in just like the first two minutes of this movie than he has been in the past two movies he was actually starring in. Now again, himself. now again, we might have speculation forever about whether that's because of Joss Whedon or because maybe Zack Snyder is given a good talking to. And even though it's funny though, because another mark I would make against this movie. There are still a couple of moments, which is one of those moments where you and I looked at each other, where they still had a bit of that Superman from Man of Steel, which was still very uncomfortable to watch. The, the, the moments where you and I looked at each other the most were moments involving Superman. And Lois Lane. And yes, Lois Lane. Uh, <laughs> Let's just say they have a moment together in a cornfield, and it is... That's one of the moments that did feel jarring in this movie. That's one of the rare moments that felt especially jarring. Because you have all this uh, camaraderie with these characters. You have all this action and comedy kind of working together. And all of a sudden, it stops dead. It's the new... Why'd you say that name? It's not as... But it's no. not, but it's nowhere near yes. that, though. No. <laughs> nothing is... Nothing is... Why'd you say that name? I would disagree. But. It's not as bad as that. <laughs> It's close. It is close, but it's not that. Um, so again, I, I oh another thing I wanted to make as a positive for this movie: Danny Elfman doing the score. It's okay. I was, I got. It's rare. It, I didn't get giddy much in this movie. I got risibly excited when the Batman theme came up. Yeah. I, I was Oh, the I, thing he had done about 20 years ago got you excited? Yes, because the Batman theme's awesome. It is, yes. <laughs> and to and I loved his because he and recently I read an interview with him where he was asked like, "Well, we're, we're, so were you going to use Hans Zimmer's theme for Batman?" And he's like, "No. No, I mean, he's Batman's theme for Batman." <laughs> <laughs> it's Zimmerman. Um, but no, I liked his score. I mean, some of it kind of you almost couldn't hear it with some of the action, but uh, but it it was a good score. I kind of liked how it, it worked for the movie. It wasn't like the kind of thing like Hans Zimmer sometimes does where it's very serious and things. It felt like a good blockbustery action-y score. Okay. Uh, now, that's, that might sound like a small point, but, like, for example, when we talked about that opening with Wonder Woman, I noticed Danny Elfman's score in that in a good way. Like, that helped kind of add some bounce and excitement to it. Okay. So, anyway, that's my argument for why Danny Elfman scores. Anything else good. you guys want to mention before we go into spoiler territory? Um, I did like the action a lot in this movie. I think that there was very well choreographed. Like, there's a chase with the Amazons and Steppenwolf that I, came in, and I was into that. And it's not... In the previous movie, the, the action was very dark. They had the action much better lit in this, so you can see what's going on. And... The way that they do the Flash is probably, like, the perfect vehicle point for Zack Snyder to do slow motion action without really, like, breaking their, their, was the narrative too much. It just it just works 
with his powers that make sense. Yeah, and, yeah you yeah. make a good point. I, I would actually... I would actually agree with that. Like Zack Snyder, for once, the slow motion works in the in the sake of for the sake of the character. Yeah, that's a good point. So, as, even though I'm down on the CGI in the movie, I would agree that the action parts are better choreographed than you know. Especially one of the things in BVS Dodge was the like a lot of it was in the rain and the dark, and even seeing it on a pretty good sized screen, it was hard to tell sometimes what was happening. Here, things were. Except for the climax, which was also a little bit dark, things were a little bit brighter. There was a key scene in the middle of the movie, which we'll get to maybe in spoilers, uh, where that was at least in the daylight, mm-hmm. and that that felt like a good sequence. I don't know if I'm being a little vague there. Um, so I did like, yeah, the action part of it. Yeah, so I'm... Again, I still think there's a little bit of messiness to this movie. There's a little bit of boredom. But it is my second favorite movie in this universe. I think it's got great moments, and I'm going to look forward to seeing those moments again. I'm not just talking about the flashback. It has some very good moments. I don't know if I'd say great. And uh, not very many surprises, uh, but I would say, yeah, this is a perfectly entertaining movie. It's, it's It's a low matinee, low to mid matinee type of price. If you pay that much for this movie, you won't be that disappointed. Um, and um, again, like I said, there there are things about it that did because, as I mentioned before, not to repeat myself too much, because the villain wasn't very threatening to me, and because I knew he could be taken down pretty easily, and also because I have seen these types of bug-winged creatures before in Avengers. That felt like, okay, I've been there and done that a little bit, too. Uh, even though they had a different function than they did in Avengers. They didn't have wings in the Avengers. No, no, I'm not saying... No, I'm, when I say function, uh, I mean as far as, you know, if... They, you know, you you humans aren't turned into the winged right. creatures in like an Avengers. I mean, that's like probably one of like the things that I think this movie would have done better had Joss Whedon not cribbed from fourth world playbook in Avengers to get like that intro to, to Thanos. But on the other hand, he well he didn't I, again. I don't know the whole course of the production in this. I have to want. I think maybe I have to wonder if Zack Snyder already had that thing in mind. So you could say that Zack Snyder was already cribbing from Joss Whedon, and because of personal tragedy, Joss Whedon came in to unintentionally crib from himself. Well, I mean, it's just like the Marvel people were like, oh, let's do Thanos, but then, you know, when you do a dark a Justice League movie, you're obviously going to want to do Darkseid, and since for to set up, and then when they did Avengers, they got to Avengers first, and then they started it, to throw in, like, a bunch of, like, stuff. In other just, words, the problem is both companies crib from each other yes basically it's not marvel's fault that they got they beat dc to the punch yeah but i mean in a way i mean it kind of like they didn't have to do like a generic alien invasion to set up yeah. their big overlord that's guy, what i'm what saying I'm that's why i'm saying by been there done that feeling where right. again the the action still worked because i like the characters um so in a sense it's a little bit like guardian more closer to guardians of the galaxy light in that regard, where you get characters together and you like the heroes so much, but then the villain's like... Okay, that's fair enough. That's a good comparison. All right, anything else? I guess, did you say everything you wanted to say, Andrew? Yes. Good. Uh, All right, 
So stick around for two after credit scenes in the movie, by the way. <laughs> Which we'll, we'll, we'll certainly get to those in a moment. So if you would like to uh, avoid spoilers, you should pause this uh, right about now. In the great hall of the Justice League, there are assembled the world's four greatest heroes, created from the cosmic legends of the universe. Superman. Wonder Woman. Batman! Aquaman! And those three junior super friends, Wendy- Alright, so spoilers. Um, so yeah, as we- as I didn't- I guess I already spoiled for you, Superman Comes Back. Alright. Uh... A spoiler, not a spoiler. Well, again, it's not a spoiler because here's what's our great. entertainment industry broke. Here's what's great about this. They put some thought into how they were going to bring him back. However, it is responsible for one of the big tone shifts in the film. Hmm. We start with, we're getting the team together trying to defeat Steppenwolf. And then it turns into, we're going to Frankenstein Superman back to life. Yeah. <laughs> and it gets weird. It's, yeah, it's also a lot like the creating vision thing from Age of Ultron. Kind of, yes. Um, yeah, a little. I think in that one, though, the characters kind of split apart a little bit because Thor was doing one thing yeah, and then... Yeah, but it's just like a bunch of else. crazy mad science just to get, like, a character back into the show. Yeah, that's true. And the funny thing was, at the end of, again, BVS Dodge, um... Maybe this was their version of doing their inception button, but they at the very end of that movie they sh they have like a shot inside the casket, and there's like a little bit of movement. So, so is that them just cheating and fucking around? I'll do you one better. At the end, Clark Kent is walking around his old house next to movers, and nobody apparently says, "Hey, didn't you die?" Wait, I remember that. And look, he's not alive at the end of... Well, I'm not alive end in the End of Batman sense. versus Superman. Mm -hmm. Two funerals. One for Superman, one for Clark Kent. His name is on a headstone. Clark yep. Kent. Clark Joseph Kent. That's apparently his middle name. But then it's like, oh, this man who lived in our town is dead. But then he just walks around his old house, not concealing himself at all. Wait, that, but, I saw this a year and a half ago, and I don't remember that No, bit. no, he's talking about today's movie. At the oh, end of, at the oh, end of Just League. Oh, oh, I would oh, oh. say that just because you have movers that don't know everybody, like, they could be from out of town, and, you know, Clark Kent is, like, a roving reporter slash do-gooding hobo. No, 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 now, that you, no, now that you say that, that makes no sense. At the end sense. of Batman vs. Superman for a week and comforted his mother. Yes, but those hey, are not your necessarily son is the movers. Dead. No, so I'm just... but here's the thing. He's just walking around his house. And I mean, like, I know his life back in his old farmhouse isn't going to be like a necessarily giant part. We have to ask the question. We have to ask the question if the movers know who Clark Kent was or if they were just like random and, movers. And I accept guys. that. But it's like, hey, what if someone passes by his house at that moment? And it's like, wait a minute. That's Clark Kent walking around. He's dead. Well, then he'll be... What the hell? Well, then he'll be... Also, no one apparently decides to say, hey, Superman's alive again, when he flies up into the air and apparently decides to say, saving people again. Uh, it's kind of weird. I mean... that Yeah, now that you're <laughs> saying it, I mean, that that is one part of this movie that's not consistent Lex logically. Lex does notice that Superman is back. 
Yes. He, he comments on that definitely. Well, well, yeah, well, we could talk about that. Well, that's the very last scene of the movie. If you decide to stick around to the very end after all the credits have rolled, there is a scene where it, we cut to the prison where Lex Luthor was left at the end of Batman vs. Superman in that iconic, legendary moment where Lex Luthor was like, <laughs> like making his weird-ass sounds that he have was, stuck in my head for a year and a half. He was much more restrained in this. Well, yeah. He was much more restrained in this because hey, he's now... We only need you for one scene. How about you just use <laughs> a 64th of that energy <laughs> So he wasn't a little cameo. He, he wasn't the, the yapping, psychotic dog that he was in that movie. Right. Um, but no, so in that moment... Uh, where was I going with this? Um, Another weird thing. Okay. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so so in that ending scene with him and Deathstroke, I guess that's the other character. That is him. Um, I know who he is. Yes, I was <laughs> I was agreeing with you. Okay, good. Because um, in that moment, yeah, well, you would have to think that he would know that he's alive by that point. Yeah. Um, so I don't see any problem there exactly. I find the whole Clark Kent thing to be very weird. Yeah. You know I wonder if it's weird. That is going to be weird how they deal with that. You know later. what else is weird? Watching Cyborg and the Flash dig up Superman's body. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I it, Again, it's just that weird tonal shift where I feel like this was probably par part of the movie. Original early shoot. On. Yeah. Well, and yeah. Then, well, because everything surrounding it feels like the reshoots. Like when the characters talk about, well, we got to bring back Superman, that feels all like Joss Whedon. And you have like this little tiny center that feels like Zack Snyder and then when they bring back uh, Superman that all feels like Joss Whedon that's why I brought up Buffy season 6 before because for those of you who have seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer season 6 that is when uh, at the end of season 5 Buffy uh, has decided to die in the, in the course of other stuff I'm not going to get into here. Spoilers um, for Buffy season five. Oh my! Oh my God! I'm sorry, guys. It's only been around for 20 years. Um, so the the characters on the show in season six they decide, well, let's try to bring her back, and then they do, and the show actually does a very interesting thing with that because they kind of have the whole idea of, well, maybe I didn't want to come back. Maybe yeah. I was happy dead, uh, and then the rest of the season has its ups and downs so that's a maybe someday i'll do a podcast with Corey or something um <laughs> right Corey? yes good she just said yes um but uh but my point is though that that, that that's where it felt jarring where you have like this little joss whedon sandwich like they're the buns in the middle you have like another shot of kevin costner's picture <laughs> being like the focus for like a full minute of the movie <laughs> Did that? Yeah. You just remembered that, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> it's also they. Start, that was distracting as hell. It's also that it's also in the middle of the film when they all when all the heroes start kind of backbiting each other, when Bruce Wayne confronts Wonder Woman about something which you brought up in our Wonder Woman review, Matt. You talked about Wonder Woman fought in World War One and then she decided to disappear for a hundred years. Yeah, I did mention that. No, no, yeah. you could say that's good that Bruce Wayne brought that up. Yeah, he brought it up. Although I don't think the re Wonder Woman's answer is particularly satisfying in terms of explaining that. Well, that's where you like, get someone into the... addressed it, which is good. Well, that's but the... then like everybody starts yelling at each other about how everything sucks and how each other sucks. 
And it's like, we're back to Batman versus Superman again. Yeah, that's what it's just one, because I was really on board this movie. I was like, oh, I like this. Everybody's getting along really well. There's no fights. Like, I don't like my superheroes fighting each other. Some comic misunderstandings, yeah. but, you know, it's good. Um, but then, and then all of a sudden, they bring back Superman from the dead. It's like, oh, my God, everybody fight Superman now. I'm like, no, no, shut it down. No Superman fight. Stop, stop. Yeah. You have to wonder how much of that was Snyder, how much of that was Whedon. That's where it felt most like a Frankenstein monster, or maybe, like... Because there's a whole moment where Superman pulls up Batman, and they're face-to-face, and he does the... And Superman says, do you bleed? Quoting Batman versus Superman is not a smart choice. That felt like... Well, that's also like the moment in Dark Knight Rises, where Batman does the callback and does, now you have my permission to die. It's like, oh, Christ. Uh, Um... I, I mean, I was okay with the characters fighting about resurrecting Superman because that oh, is yeah, a legitimate that, conflict. Yeah, that, is, that is a that is a subject worth fighting over. Yeah, that's but no, the, but but it is it does kind of stop the movie a bit when they bring back Superman and then they have to fight him. I do I do get what you're saying. It was still kind of an it was that was the sequence I was mentioning before the spoilers, where at least this is a scene shot in the daytime, and you know it's not in the dark or it looks muddy and cruddy. Um, but yeah, story-wise, it does kind of, it is that moment where, oh, now we have to stop this character who, uh, is having a moment, and he'll only suddenly stop being all crazy once Lois Lane comes into the picture. Because Superman is now the Hulk. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, you might as well substitute Lois Lane for, uh, Betty Ross. The conflict Um, is manufactured. It's manufactured. Why couldn't you just bring back Superman and he's okay? Yeah. Well, because then he would have been there from the beginning of the fight, and there would have been no yes, challenge. Yes, that's true. Well, have that was get... another problem I had. Why didn't he come into the fight sooner? Uh, because, again, it would have been no challenge, and Superman would have just well, beat Steppenwolf into the earth. And I'm not saying he had to be there from the beginning of the battle, but even but he could have come in like a minute or two sooner. Yeah. Eh. It felt and like they get rid of him to do a funny scene with the Flash and rescuing uh, and rescuing. Uh, Civilians. Well, 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 no, no. I do appreciate that they show Superman sh- rescuing civilians, and it's not a dour moment of solemnity like in BVS. Yes. Uh, oh. So that's appreciated. But they also, but at the same time, compared to everyone else, he doesn't do that much in the final fight. No. Is this the first time he's used freeze breath in the new DC movies? I I don't rem- I don't know. I will say yes. Okay. Well, yeah. achievement unlocked. I mean, we can. Yeah. I mean, we can. Uh, I will say it was kind. I mean, I, it was kind of interesting the way the villain ultimately went down. Yeah. Uh, nice little twist. But. It was a nice idea. Uh, it was still. It's still surrounded by some crappy CGI. But um, what else? Uh, so the first end credit scene is just there for a joke, I guess. Yeah. 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 It's like a good like. It was. Fun. You know, it's nice. In this movie, we got to see Clark Kent smile and Superman smile and actually laugh at one point and show humanity. Cheers Um, for course correction. Yeah, cheers for course correction. Let's hope they keep it up. Um, Oh, and what we were... So we should talk about now, Andrew, our our moment where we looked at each other. Yeah, let's talk about that. Because this was when... So we mentioned just now that Lois Lane finally comes to the moment and, you know, has her... She doesn't have, like, her, it's his mommy's name. But he does snap Superman out of it the same way that she snapped Bruce Wayne out of, why'd you say that name? In the last movie. Um, So they are now in a cornfield together. um, And 
they have the kind of dialogue exchange that felt more fitting with the other movies. Yes, very but much so. not in a good way no. because now we've had all of this fun, peppy Joss Whedon dialogue, and now all of a sudden we get you smell nice. Yeah. <laughs> I was kind that, of like, I had my hands over my face. You know what? And it's not that, just, is ri- that is a ridiculous scene. And it's not just that that line is stupid. It's that they let it hang in the air. <laughs> <laughs> like a... For, succul- like, for what seems like an eternity. Like a succulent fart. <laughs> and it's just like, you smell nice. <laughs> and that's... And during this whole moment of silence... You and I are looking at each other. Yes. Like, what? <laughs> and then they try to turn it into a joke by having Superman say, did I not before? And it's just like, of, no. course, of course nobody laughed. Of course nobody responded to that. It was like we were flabbergasted. Yeah. It turns out Kryptonian amniotic fluid is like the best aftershave possible. And you're like, never thought about it, but Doomsday must have smelled really super nice. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, um, you make a good point. Yeah, exactly. Um, what else about this? Well, I, how I about think... the other dumb line that Lois Lane gives? Oh, no, actually, this is Superman. She asked him what it was like basically being dead, and he says, itchy. Yeah. Where was, Where did that come from? I think that was like the writers were trying was all that, night. Was that an off day? Was there like a writer's strike that day? <laughs> That was where they decided to try improv, and they realized all their other takes didn't work, so like, ah, let's just put this in here. That, that's, uh... Holy crap. And, you know, it's like... No one caught this? I, I get that Superman has to have a moment where he reconnects with Lois Lane and has, you know, meets, uh, you know, sees uh, Mar- Martha Kent again. Now oh, the movie. Yeah, there's no excusing stupid, stupid dialogue. Yeah, especially when you have better dialogue going on around you. Fortunately, those are probably the only real examples of dumb dialogue in this film. No, I mean, this is a movie where even Batman has a few funny quips here and there. Like, uh, like there's a part where after Superman has his whole fight moment, Batman kind of turns over on the ground. He's like, I think I did bleed. <laughs> yep, something's definitely bleeding. Yeah, I kind of like that. Yeah, that was cute. Yeah. Um, so, I would like to see more of Atlantis, but I guess we're going to get that in the Aquaman movie. Yeah, I guess they were trying to tease that, and which felt fine. Like, was that, then? that was Amber Heard? Yeah, it's Mira. Okay. Oh, she's the, she's the uh, woman with the water air powers? Yes. Okay, mm. cool. Yeah, and I she's got... She's a water bender. Yeah. Yep. That was a case where I felt, that was a good moment where they were hinting at another movie to come. That wasn't looking at computer slides and seeing, like, here's Aquaman! <laughs> yeah. yeah. There uh, there was, I think this is a, a strength of the movie, going back to that wonderful, virtuous flashback sequence. Oh, they sure. They did a decent job building the world of DC Comics in this film, I think. Yeah. They, in, they showed a lot more, uh, they showed a little bit more of Themyscira, uh, they had a very compelling action scene on Themyscira. Mm-hmm. Like you understood what was going on. You got to saw. You got to see Atlantis, and you even got a little bit of the history of this world, 
which which I really appreciated, obviously. Uh, so I think, yeah, this film has done that better than most of the DC movies so far. Um, yeah, yeah, I guess that, that that's mostly a fair point. Like I said, some of the, I guess some of the, and and you know now officially there are Green Lanterns in, confirmed. Yeah. So yeah, that that's another thing. Yeah. Again, I, it is, uh, I, like I've said more than once, I have a lot of positive feelings towards this movie, but at the same time, I also can't shake how there is a slightly messy quality around the margins, where, again, scenes are flowing together. Like, there's somebody online that said this feels like a really, really good TV pilot. And I kind of see what you mean, and that kind of speaks to what you were just saying about I setting did. up a world. Yeah. Uh, well, setting up what this DC universe is. Because now from here they have it a little bit more grounded than when they were doing it in the other films. Um, when, again, they're trying more for, like, serious Superman and serious uh, uh, all that. And, yeah, serious you know, Superman don't forget, does not work. And don't forget, we're the bad guys. We're the bad guys. We're the bad guys. We're the bad guys in Suicide Squad. Yeah. We're the bad guys. Um, wonder, yeah. I'm sure they'll come back, too. Um, so, yeah, to wrap things up, because uh, I don't know if I have that much more to say about this. Again, I'm I'm not down on this movie, but at the same time, I'm not... I didn't leave it very excited. I think maybe the audience felt slightly the same way, too. Like, they were... At the end, they were kind of like... Eh. Like, they weren't leaving in, like, a hushed silence, like, at the end of BVS Dodge. Like, there was a little bit of applause, but I felt like that kind of same way, too. It was like, eh, that happened. It's fine. I mean, I know not all movies have, can be like Thor Ragnarok. I just wish that this had... It's, again, it's a weird thing because they streamlined it and made it entertaining. But they also risked potentials for slightly ambitious material in their story. You know what I was thinking about this movie? Is that this movie just shows how little they actually needed out of Batman versus Superman. Like, yeah. they could have just gone straight from Man of Steel into Justice League, and then, you know, the, the, the middle part with them resurrecting Superman, they could have used that time to just introduce, you know, Wonder Woman like they did in the last movie, and just have, you know, hey, crazy threat from space comes to Earth, all the heroes, we gotta come together yeah. and stop it. You don't need anything really from Batman versus Superman. You could have just gone straight to this well there's movie. a little bit Even, of the, yeah. there, i mean i mean there's a tiny bit of the background for batman and but, his feelings towards superman but, but even, that's you don't even need that you just have the meat for the first time in this movie hmm. technically you don't even need the death of superman no i mean in this film it's more of an obstacle to telling the story than any sort of meaningful plot point yeah no i i, I get what you mean like it's if you get if you come into the story you're kind of coming into, it's like coming into a TV show where you won't get really lost if you haven't seen the other parts. So, um, who knows? Maybe this is, I actually may, might recommend this most to people who haven't seen Man of Steel and yeah, BBS yeah. Dodge. Guys, don't go see Batman vs. Superman. <laughs> Just go straight from Wonder Woman into this. Yeah. You'll you, be fine. <laughs> you don't understand how often I've been ranting about Batman versus Superman on this podcast. Well, you can't I, help I, I it. It's one of the most rantable films of all time. I try not to talk about it ever. <laughs> <laughs> but now you've just given me yet another reason to declare Beavis Dodge irrelevant. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's not so, just dumb, it's irrelevant. So yeah, so it's not just bad, it's irrelevant. Yeah. It's like a bad fever dream <laughs> that you had, like, when you were in, like, the heat of puberty and you didn't want anyone to see you, and if, like... <laughs> is this... is? Are we digging up some memories? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're digging up like a nightmare, like was in the like in one of those scenes of that movie. It's like um, the sequel to Belle de Jour. It doesn't need to exist, and probably doesn't. <laughs> yeah. So in in short, the movie is fitting of having Danny Elfman score it. Uh, <laughs> that's my review. Okay. All right. Um, any final thoughts? I'm, I'm, just, I'm just glad that DC has is on the right track now. This is not a great film, as I said, but it's a step in the right direction, a big step in the right, right direction, I might add, especially after Wonder Woman. Well, I, I well, think that uh, if they keep <laughs> if they if they keep this in their sights and say, "What do we do from here?" They choose to go to move forward from this in the right direction rather than trying to emulate everything th they've done before. I think that this continues the right direction of Wonder Woman, even though it's I didn't like it as, quite as much as that film. Um, Matt? Yeah, I like this movie. It's um, sort of, like, you know, pasted over a lot of the huge, huge problems of Batman versus Superman, and it's not as good as Wonder Woman, um, but I had a fun time with the characters. I like the Justice League, and I really kind of hope that DC can just continue going in this direction, mm -hmm. not have slide back and have crazy fan backlash about how oh we DC sucks and they should only have Marvel movies from now on or anything. Because I really like seeing the whole team together, and I'm excited for a sequel with them to fight like the Injustice Gang or the Secret Society of Supervillains or whatever. Oh, they that, that's yeah. oh that's what they, oh that's what they I guess were teasing in yeah. the very last scene. Yep. But I wonder then. Well, here's a question then, Matt. Because if bat, if the new, if the solo Batman movie is coming before Justice League Two, which I think is supposed to have Deathstroke as the villain, how does that work? I have no idea because every time I read something about the Batman movie, it keeps changing and it's in a constant state of flux. So I'm not gonna. We worry might not about even that. get. We might not even get Ben Affleck as Batman. I don't know if you read that. Yeah, I keep hearing that, and I kind of hope all those articles are wrong. Yeah, because Batman Ben Affleck is Batfleck still for forever. He's still a good Batman. Yeah, I like him. Yes. I don't want I, him to I be think, right away. And I think I even like him more in this movie because he has slightly better material to work with. If, yes. if the if the Batman movie has a more coherent script hmm. then yeah there's no reason why Ben Affleck can't be perhaps the greatest Batman yeah so, um, I'm looking forward to the Justice League fighting a supervillain team and not each other like the Avengers yes. keep doing so again so <laughs> my final thought is this was perfectly okay yep <laughs> watch it for the flashback battle scene all right. Well, you heard from Andrew. I don't know if I agree, but all right. Uh, that means you don't. <laughs> I agree up to a point. All right. So yeah. if you guys have listened to us uh, and have any thoughts, uh, please send any emails or feedback to wagesofcinema at gmail.com. We love hearing from you. If you want to tell us anything you think about our podcast today or any of our podcasts in general, you can always shoot us an email there. We'd love to read it on the air. Uh, also on Facebook and Twitter, you can find Wage of Cinema Podcast. Matt, where can you be found? I can be found on my weekly blog, mattthecatania.wordpress.com. And you can also send me feedback there because I'll be linking this podcast in, 
in that article when I write my Justice League review. So you might see it there first instead of with these guys, but you know, link back and forth clicky with us because we're tight. And so I hope to see you guys reading my green screen. Yes. And also, if you look in the description of our podcast, you will see links to Matt's doobluda. Um E-stalk us. Yes. You should also follow Matt on Twitter, too. I just want to give him a plug there because he has other posts he does that are uh, for the Matt, especially. Matt, Matt. It's all about Matt now, isn't it? <laughs> If you well, need you social need... media, Andrew, yeah, we'll Andrew, you too. my time and exposure are valuable for D and D choirs that inconvenience us. You shut up about that. <laughs> <laughs> I I didn't say anything. Um, so I'll kill you. Stop. <laughs> All right. So um, until next bat time and until next bat channel, uh, I'm. Uh, <laughs> hey, that's not as bad as bat shit. I'm Andrew. I'm Jack. I'm Matt. And the wages of cinema are unnecessary death. <laughs> yeah! Good night. Goodbye. Shall we? It's good to see you playing well with others again. Just like a bat. I dig it. Maybe temporary. Temporary.